we get a lot of uh, requests around around dark sites for customers, but um, you know, for now, we do have GovCloud. Powerful new technology. Cloud migration. Fully integrated system. HCX. And today we're delighted to announce. Welcome to the HDX Majors podcast for episode 15 for Tuesday, December 6th, 2022. Probably our last one for this year. Live from Indiana, I'm Britton Johnson. And from Menlo Park, California, this is Francis Wong. From Kansas City, this is Jason Marcusano. From Arlington, Virginia, this is Brianna Williams. Gabe, go ahead and introduce yourself too, buddy. You know, from uh, somewhere in Texas, I'm uh, Gabe Rothis. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to, like I said, probably our last show for the year. It's been a busy... This is our second full year of doing this, amazingly enough. Um, I need a, I need a uh, hands-clapping sound effect somewhere. Um, I don't think I have that. Days. I gotta work on my 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 sound effects because I just don't have all the good ones anymore. But we have completed another year. It's been uh, another eventful few months at VMware. There's always something going on at VMware. Um, first of all, I would like to say on behalf of all of the majors, congratulations to Gabe for his promotion into the product management suite and joining. Uh, Brianna on the team there, so that's that's always good. So congratulations, Gabe. Woo-hoo. Thank you, thank you. Also, ten years at VMware. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, that's that that's a feat in and of itself, right there. It's just ten years anywhere. I mean, come on, no, that doesn't happen, especially in IT. Thank you. So I guess the in 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 light of that, I guess I would like to to kind of reintroduce us to you, Mr. Gabe. And just tell what, us what would you say you do here? Like, like, what are you doing now that's different from what you were doing? <clears throat> well, okay, so, so <laughs> uh, all right, so okay, it, I was a technical uh, product manager for ACX um, for the last uh, several years, um, and, and recently I've moved into um, uh, a, I guess it's still technical, but it's 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 a product line management role. Um, so ex- exploring and getting getting to uh, uh, exercise new muscles, I guess, uh, learning a new function with it within VMware. You know, I think it really what, what is different is is um, uh, in the previous role. This is the st- stronger emphasis maybe on on um, content um, enablement and really uh, the collaboration towards those things. And I think, I think in this role, it's it's um but it's still a lot of that but but also um the business decisions aspect of it right so okay. that's uh yeah and, and then brianna can you give us a quick introduction to who you are and where you fit in the uh, hcx uh, pm team and, and kind of you know what the differences are in there yeah sure so um my name is brianna i joined the pm team back in june of this year at this point and um 
before. So I, I've been at VMware for about four years now. And before I was uh, in professional services as a consultant, uh, working with just about anything my, my manager wanted me to. Um, but one of the main ones was HCX. So I just trans- transitioned over to the product management team uh, earlier this year. And, and like Gabe said, we're focused on uh, the business side of HCX and all of the different places that it shows up with the on-prem solutions, the cloud solutions. I mean, we were just counting the other day. Uh, we show up in 12 different parts of the business for VMware, which is very unique. So we have a lot to manage. <laughs> so that is a lot as in, as in like 12 different products or as in 12 different, you know, business yeah, units yeah. or like... Yeah. So when you count it, um, you know, we show up for on-prem and SX. I mean, they're all like routes to market we call, right? So uh, we show up for on-prem and SX, VCPP, the MSPs, VMC on AWS, GovCloud, um, AVS, GCBE, Alibaba, Ali, Oracle, I'm missing one, <laughs> but we, we show I, it's very unique to all of the, the products. Right. Um, and there's there's three of us managing all of that and everyone's unique and has different needs and wants. And it's fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I think at this point, the only f- person on the team who hasn't been on the show is Tim Jones. So we got to work on him next. Him and Sion Sue. Oh, that's right. Yes. I forget about him. Yes. <laughs> well, he's he's India based, so he'd be a little bit more challenging to get on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We'd have to do this show at like nine o'clock at night or something. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks guys for, for coming on and uh you know, sharing sharing updates and sharing things with us. And you know, I'm looking forward to kind of the the next phase of HCX as it were with with Gabe at the helm and 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 Brianna at the helm, and everybody, you know, all collaborating going going forward on this together. So I think it's good. Um, you know, it, it, from my own field perspective, I mean, HCX is one of those things where it's like, you know, I've I've seen it do really really awesome things for customers time and time and time again. I've got a customer right now who's in the middle of a engagement dealing, you know, with it HCX migration, and the the it's, it's one of the couple of products that vmware has where at the end of the day when it's done you can clearly see like it did something i mean and and in this day and age of virtual stuff and virtual work happening there's there's like there's a lot of stuff that we deal with in technology where you know you can walk away at the end of the day and like feel like you didn't really do anything but i feel like hcx is that kind of in that sweet spot of like yeah you know you vacated this whole data center and you can shut you could start turning switches off and you start turning things off and you know it's like okay Clearly, we know this is working because we just turned off a whole bunch of stuff. So, I think I think that's that's one of the cool things about HCX and what it does for customers. Yeah, no, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Definitely uh, appreciate it. And I, I know uh, in the, in the early days, we used to hear like, "Hey, do, do we have these like long lived data center data center contracts that are like really binding us to you know to a location or to to uh, you know it limited what what a customer could do?" And I think really we've moved away from that to where, where now now they can you know if they like the flavor of of infrastructure you know with a certain provider or or, or mm-hmm. they want to modernize they're they're no longer stuck i think the, the, the conversation is much different today uh, so pretty cool to be a part of that francis jason uh, before we get jumping into stuff here anything happening in your worlds yeah i think it's quieting down for, for the year <laughs> we're, we're getting into that they're all the customers are going on vacation all right well yeah, for, for me 
I stepped over to a sister team, so it's uh, it's different. Just uh, picking up where others have left off, so to speak. Well, since we haven't talked about this at length, really ever on this you know particular platform, I wanted to talk through because uh, there are still customers today who are running on the old NSX for vSphere, one of one of the original flavors of NSX, the main flavor of NSX. There, I realized there was a couple other ones prior, like the old NSX, you know, multi hypervisor and some of that stuff. I, like I still have customers coming out of NSX for NSX V into NSXT, and so there's there's a lot of different ways of of going from V to T. So I wanted to try to talk through some of the things that HDX can do to work towards doing and executing on a V to T migration. And one of the main ones that has come up, and, and Gabe, this is in your blog that I'll have in the notes on the show, is this idea of HDX workload migration for a single V center, basically. It's almost like a intra data center, if you will, migration path. And I have not seen really, at least at least it hasn't come across, you know, my my customer base, a situation where somebody would necessarily, you know, need to or have to use HCX in order to, to do an intra data center migration like this. So so I think I think customers that that are that are in this space, right? So they they um, you know, they, they have something, something there. They have, they have a, a pocket of infrastructure running, um, NSX for each NSXP, um, and, and they have options, right? So they, they, they say, okay, well, um, you know, I, I realized, you know, uh, new, new innovation is coming on the NSX, uh, and the, well, now called NSX, but NSXT, um, right. and I know there's life cycle considerations and, and, you know, there's, there's a, uh, life cycle dates for NSXP to consider, so, so the, these these customers they have the option of like okay, well, I think in a, in a sort of traditional mindset, you know, you have kind of a, a upgrade everything or transition it over in place, right? So, so you you take what's there and you convert the networking uh, on the hosts. So, you know, you convert the 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 virtual components and then you reconnect virtual machines. You migrate security uh, policies. And so, th- there's a bunch of things to do there, right? So, uh, to to that to that effect. Um, uh, the NSX team, uh, the NSX team built a migration coordinator, right? So, so this is a, um, a functionality that's available within NSX mm-hmm. to help them um, you know, transition to uh, to to NSX team uh, via one of these various roads. So one of the roads is doing it like you know on the same hardware. Um, <clears throat> uh, another option they have is is potentially you know they would like to stand up infrastructure side by side. Inside of the same vCenter and and like uh, configure NSXT as it were, like with with the configurations they want, and and map everything over to that while while the stuff continues to run as is, and then use migration coordinator to, to you know to, to to transition all the configs to to the new stuff, and and then so so that does you know like w- within one vCenter, those are like the two approaches, right? So in in, in place one shot, everything gets converted, right, right, or or, or side by side, you know, cluster to cluster. Inside of that center, so so um, so for 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 that functionality, um, something already exists with migration coordinator today, and and, you, and then you ask like, hey, well, how does ACX fit into that that bucket of of use cases, right? So um, uh, customers that are that are doing that today, um, they're, they're having to to uh, to to handle the like in, in the in the second case where where they're doing it from rack to rack, um, they're having to do um, 
the the, the virtual machi- machine migration aspect of it. You, you you're running API, so so imagine like the MC comes in and kind of lays lays the foundation of configuration across you know both racks, uh, you know, and then says, okay, well now now you're ready to transition. Now now with your customer, go move your workloads, um, and that that can be. Now, but but for you to do that, you have to go run some APIs and figure out how things are mapped, and 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 you know the it gets it gets complicated as you scale, you know, so, from VMs to to yeah. And, and where I, where I've gotten hung up on this in the past, Gabe, is, is yeah. isn't it just as simple as kind of doing a internal V motion from one it, rack to another? It, and it's, I mean, it's not. It, I mean, it, 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 I think logically, it seems like it, like it should be, but. But you lose, you lose, you lose like uh, the correct diff mapping. So imagine like you're 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 using a, a like a, a cross like a native cross vCenter operation to move a VM, and at the end of that uh, that operation will do a certain function to connect the VM, um, and that 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 operation misaligns um, uh, the 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 vSphere side of the connectivity with with. Um, with the security state of it, so, so like you, you, you can sort of do it, but but the the security state will not follow. So 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 it's mm-hmm. it's not it's not a clean move. So so in 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 a in a in a, in a controlled environment where where you can't uh, and you can, you can't introduce risk to the VMs, um, uh, it, it doesn't it doesn't work quite so smooth. So so you have you have to you have to run APIs to to prepare uh, uh, the migrations in advance. So, so that doesn't happen. So, so the migration coordinator plays a role in, ma- in making sure those mappings are, are, are maintained correctly. And like mm-hmm. things are wired up the way you would expect them to, to work naturally. But, um, so that's, that's kind of like, that's, that's the, that's the migration coordinator aspect of it, right? So preparing kind of the, the landscape where, where ACX comes into the picture is, is giving the customers, um, a, a place to orchestrate, uh, the, the VM migration part of it, right? So um, now, if you think it, so, so you're saying you know it's a simple vMotion of you know VM, but like what if a customer is doing that a, a, a thousand times, right? So they're either doing right, a, right. observing a thousand of them or, or scale is always the problem. Scale is yes, yeah, scale is yeah. a um, a thing. Now, s- secondarily, you know, <clears throat> if if um if a customer is moving onto newer hardware uh, and there, there's a need to 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 migrate back. Um, uh, it's, it gets a little a little more complicated, right? Um, so, so w- like being able to, to to like move back to the other the other environment requires downtime, and <clears throat> uh, you know it, it requires manual management of, of EVC settings to to make it happen. It gets complicated. So, right. so well, pretty much where ACX fits in this case is is if a customer is is going down the route of of, of doing this this journey within a vCenter making it easy for them. So, so they're, they're like the, the target customer is already planning to migrate uh, to NSX T using migration coordinator. Uh, they're going to have to migrate uh, workloads and they want to do it easier. So, so they, you know, you, you add ACX and then you have sort of like a, a dedicated landing spot for, for the, for the migrations and then to have them map automatically without running APIs and, and all that. So that's, that, that's where that fits today. If that makes sense. Okay. You've convinced me. <laughs> now you know this is uh, <laughs> this is the, the 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 use case that we're talking about. You know, we're we're looking at expanding it in uh, in coming releases. So that's uh, we we like we definitely understand like hey, single vCenter, rack to rack, like what's the fit? But you know, we're 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 planning to go wider. You know, <clears throat> I'm I'm always a little bit shocked of just how many. Whenever I see some numbers occasionally, just how many customers are still 
on old, you know, NSX releaser platforms that need to move. Um, and, you know, for whatever reason, they just haven't been able to yet. So I think you know, this is why part of why I wanted to talk about this a little bit is because, you know, there are these things that we keep adding into the into various ways for customers to to complete these things. So that if they want to get off of the off of their you know old NSX release server, that's you know unless you have a support extension, it is out of support. Yeah. Um. And and the more we can kind of help people, you know, get off of these things and move into modern platforms, I think it's good for everybody, um, especially the workloads and things those are supporting on the on the other end of it. I guess I kind of an open question for for Brianna or Gabe. I mean, have, have, when when there's kind of things that come up with, do you guys get brought you know to you from the field or from other other places? Interesting V to T scenarios where you're just kind of you know like like yeah this this is this this is a play for HCX. This isn't a play for HCX. Like, do you see kind of you know one off snowflake type designs of of NSX for vSphere where there, there's somebody tries to fit HCX into it that maybe it's you know. It is something that it you know can aid in the process. Yeah, I think it's um, I you know in the spirit of one VMware, this is a, a play for all of us. Um, we we collabed with the NSX team on this, um, and it's really important. And I think um, it's going to lighten the load for a lot of customers, and they don't even realize it. Even at Explore, right? We had conversations with customers who were doing. A v to T and they already, you know, did architecture and, you know, part of this enhancement is now you can deploy two HCX managers in the same vCenter, right? And they were going to deploy a new stack and, you know, all the pain that comes with standing up a new vCenter and then doing a V to T that way. And, right. um, you know, we caught them at the right time because I said, you know, we actually came out with this new capability two weeks ago. So um, after meeting with them last week, they're now, you know, re-architecting and it's going to be a lot simpler for them. Um, and so instead of having, in their case, you know, they have, they also have a, a second site outside of the, you know, in, in place vCenter that they're upgrading. They have some workloads that are coming from an on-premise into the cloud. So they have to, you know, look at some order of operations there when it comes to, you know, redirecting their current HCX to this new NSXT site that they're building. Um, but because of all of that complexity, you know, th this migration coordinator is really going to help with Instead of them having to turn off all 900, you know, 1,500 VMs that they have um, that are on current stretch networks, they're going to be able to, like, use the migration coordinator to bridge the NSX V and T together so that as they're seamlessly moving all of their VMs, um, the downtime is going to be reduced significantly because they were willing to just turn off everything and, and replace all of their VMs. And I'm like, you know we can do this a lot simpler <laughs> and, and your, your end users are going to be a lot happier because they're, they're a provider, they're a partner. So um, it's really exciting to see use cases already popping up with our customers. Also that came out in 4.5, we can now do um, bulk migrations within the same vCenter and that doesn't require the migration coordinator um, integration or anything like that. But um, that, is actually really useful for our customers who are doing, you know, hardware refreshes, for example. So um, that's also a really great feature that we have now. 
And I think if I recall this correctly, there's so there's a couple of migration modes for this, uh, you know, inside the same vCenter migration where we can't use them yet. So is, it, is RAV replicated, replicated assisted vMotion, is that still not an option in this scenario? Yeah, so, so I, can, I can clarify this. So, so like some, some of the things that, that are different, right? So, so actually, well, one, one really cool thing that, that, uh, that migration coordinator does is, is whenever you... Whenever you trigger the um, the operation that that um, it's like a, the user defined topology uh, uh, plus edge migration mode that they added, uh, so so it, it does this thing where it connects um, taps right. So, so so you have NSXV taps, NSXT taps, and it, it and it builds the communication channels between them directly, right? So so you so you have um, uh, I guess more or less line rate host to host kind of path. Uh, for 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 uh, communication, so that's 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 new, right? So then we're 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 coming in and we're we're kicking off the the migration mode and and like uh you you know how I like in, in traditional ACX um mobility uh you're 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 transferring uh, VM data over our our appliance, right? Now in in, the, in this case we yeah. you know, we can tell like hey you're you're changing the host or you're changing the host and the storage. And based on that, we we run we run the uh, uh, like, like the, the the relevant operations only, like the one the ones that will go the fastest, right? So if you're if you're if if you're more, if you're just changing hosts, but but like the the uh, the NSXT side backs backs up to the same uh, array, uh, we will just change the host. Uh, if if you're going from like NFS to like central uh, storage. Uh, we you know we'll, we'll also do a you know the the, the storage motion and like Brianna said if if you're going for like from from vendor to vendor you can kick off uh, a bulk migration and change do that so so you so that then you you're just adding another another way to to achieve the goal of moving the VM so so um, whenever you're doing this mode like like you said we we do only uh, at the moment we only support uh, um, a bulk migration um, if you're doing the VLT specifically if you're doing the VLT. For single vCenter, and uh, yeah, we we do look to add um, other other migration types uh, in the future. And this is huge. I mean, in my mind, as as we expand the the mm-hmm. intra vCenter capabilities of HCX, and and potentially sounds like maybe add more migration types. Yeah. You know, well, one of the things that that customers are, are concerned about is 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 HCX uh, you know, a one time expense for one time use that then I don't get any more value out of down the road day two. And as we expand those. Within the four walls migration methods, I mean, rolling through clusters, uh, rolling through VCF versions, rolling through vSphere versions is always a day two use case that HCX now becomes very valid for to keep, keep the data center uh, in line, clusters balanced, uh, you know, workloads where they need to be, et cetera. So it's, I, I think it really expands the, the, the selling opportunity to not just migrate VMs, but also use it as a true mobility platform within my data sure. center to make sure my applications are where they need to be. Sure. I think these, these, uh, these, these uh, options, right, the migration, they actually have, I mean, so I think you get, it's really easy to have the mindset where you say, okay, well, this, there's, there's this migration type and it's the superior one because of X, right? So but, but if you actually look at them, they, they, they have things that, that are, unique to it right so i should give you one example uh actually let me give you a couple of examples so you have uh um, so you have a um a bulk migration so 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 i think a lot of our customers like hey now you have rav why does bulk even exist right so so but bulk migration is different so so it's 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 uh it it leverages replication and it's resilient like end to end 
um, uh, and and it lets you it lets you modernize the VM. It lets you run scripts, uh, change the you know if you if you if you're doing things like like a, a, a upgrading tools or the hardware version, you can do it all as part of the migration. So you don't have to like go back and and have uh, additional work after you migrate it. So so it it, it changes in, in in that respect. A, a RAV migration um, is is live. So so it makes the the operation live. Uh, on top of the, the 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 parallel aspects of of bulk, you know, you can you can schedule things and 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 uh, so you can have mass live migrations that are, um, I mean, so, so it's, it's like you you could say that it's the best of you know like a V motion and a RAV because of you know you can do it at scale, prepare disks in advance and then live migrate. But but it also you know like it has like it's 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 a uh, it's downsides that, that it uh, at least with ACX doing it, it, it you know the way we sequ- sequence out those operations. Uh, we we stagger them, you know, like to protect the environments. And you, you take something like a like a cross a cross cut of emotion. Um, uh, this one is is a uh, it really shines in in the single VM scenario, right? So you you can you can ESXi natively like when you do a vMotion across vCenters for like one VM. Well, the, the, this this protocol just like saturates the uh, um, the hardware, so you you can have you can you can pick a few migrations. And like use up all of your bandwidth. Now, now obviously that sounds that sounds fantastic. Like sort of just saying it in a in a, in a vacuum. But if you have like you know if if you're if you're doing a few V motions, you know, and, and then you're 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 throwing twenty gigs of traffic over over the over the wire uh, to your to your cloud, but your circuits are half of that. I mean, then then you know you have an outage. So 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 I think that there's that there's different ways to, to you know the different things to consider and it's it's really good to have a bunch of options so you so that regardless of what scenario you encounter you have a migration type that really like fits the bill for for whatever you're doing so yeah i think i think it, jason i think it really helps the story to have you know access to all the um all the vmware technologies in one place uh, to achieve those goals um but i, I think gabe hit, hit hit the nail on the head on knowing the right tool for the job, the right tool for the business need, right? Because because I get a lot of customers that say, "Hey, Rav, we'll do everything with Rav, right? Rav, Rav is there's the holy grail. I never ever take an outage." And and I and I and I look at the customer and say, "Well, you know, you know, that's going to take longer, right? I mean, Rav, Rav is is yes, it's a it's a parallel replication, but it's a serial cut over, and that takes time. And and if you, you talk your your customer, your, your app owners or whoever into having some slight downtime, I can move a lot more VMs all at once with a shutdown and a power on with bulk than I can with wrap. I mean, bulk truly is bulk. Um, and so, yeah, think about carefully. Yes. You wrap, you may feel like is the Holy grail of, of live migrations, but you, we're going to need more time for, for me to make that happen. So, so bulk can, can just, just really move a whole swath all at once. Uh, our customers who are pushing vCenters to the brink, like they they like they like uh, an operation like RAV because it really um, prioritizes completing the migration and not overwhelming the you know the what the vCenter can can do as far as uh, like task concurrency and things like that. So it's it's like the, the safest way to migrate and stay live and uh, so it's really good for a lot of reasons. But yeah, yeah. Did we did, did you want to uh, uh, talk about some of the other stuff that we added? I know I know uh, it's kind of exciting that we're- yeah yeah. I think we, I think we can jump through some of that stuff. So I mean I think the other things that jump out to me is you know the support for vSphere eight obviously yes. n- new new and fancy. Um, what what are some of the things that we're bringing to vSphere? So obviously, is there still a plugin in the vCenter where we're doing things there? Mm, so so okay, uh, they, they're still a plugin. Uh, so uh, vSphere eight, they they normalize the uh, uh, something called the remote plugin architecture. 
Um, so that that's a little bit decoupled from ACX though, right? So so this this uh, this remote plugin architecture like uh, allows uh, plugins to run more efficiently. And I think we have sort of a, a top down initiative to to make sure all of the um, you know uh, like second party integration with with the vSphere that that we're all not bogging it down with what we do. So so that that's that's what that is. That that's in vSphere. Uh, that's like becoming the standard with BC rates. So, so we we're ready for that, for that plugin. But I think like pr- primarily we, we, uh, <clears throat> we, we, we've already qualified uh, some of the things that, that are new there, like, uh, like the hardware version 20 um, was, was a release for, for the VMs, uh, v- VDS, uh, there's a new VDS and a new version of vSAN. Uh, so, so all, all of those things, you know, we, we, we go through the exercise of making sure that uh, all of our functionality is, is, is working as we're like dealing with these new, New objects within vCenter that maybe have new APIs or new or new behaviors. Uh, so, so in our regards, we're we're good to go and we're ready. So, like as you start seeing, um, like uh, VMware Cloud Foundation, for example, when, whenever they have a, a vSphere offering, like day one, you can use ACX to to migrate. Uh, so it's like so similarly, whenever you have you know your 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 public cloud offerings, they start picking up vSphere. Hey, we're ready for those. Uh, and even if you're if you're day one going you know cloud to cloud uh, where they're vSphere based. Ready to go. So <laughs> that's pretty exciting. I, I know usually we're we we lag a little bit. We we usually we tend to support migrations to to the new thing from from an old thing. But th- this time around, we're we're ready for for mobility in like any direction. So that's pretty exciting. Network extension enhancements. So next piece on this, uh, you know, what what are we changing as a result of? Is this a vSphere eight thing or is this just a general HCX four point five? Uh, update thing where we're doing some different you know mobility optimized networking and stuff stuff like this uh this is this is just general right for a lot of customers who have multiple NICs on their vms now we support that with mon so um that's pretty huge i know that was a huge um restriction for customers but uh we we got over that hurdle yeah, I guess I, I mean I haven't seen that a whole lot because like the whole like idea of multi-homing virtual machines like f- f- uh, you know in my earlier did you know vSphere admin days I know there was a lot of people who like to do that but um, it seems you know <laughs> yeah, usually you're you're performing a network function almost at that point right? yeah when you're multi-homing a VM it's because I, I put some kind of network function on that VM so yeah. that's yeah, it's so, an interesting that, that's probably like I mean you know you, you know we've we've existed as ACX for like five, six years. And, and like, we've heard it. Um, we were, we, we heard it a few times early on, like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm migrating to cloud, but you know, I have this, the second egg and, and, and how do we handle it? And, and so, so it's, 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 you know, you, 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 you think, I think, I think in the, in the general sort of pattern, uh, the workload just has the one egg, but the, the, there's, there's cases out there. I mean, yeah. I, I think the traditional ones are, are or, or for instance, like like some 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 customers will have a second NIC for for backups, for for example, right? So 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 maybe they're like, all right, well, we still want to have a second NIC to separate backup traffic uh, from, that's coming from the uh, from the OS. Um, but or we also want, a... we want that to go to the cloud as well because we're taking on a cloud offering. So so then in that case, they want to optimize that as well. So so I mean, like this is one one example off the top of my head, right? So but yeah. you could have things like that. I didn't. Security might be another reason, right? Hey, I, I've got this physical or this virtual machine on traditional VLANs without DFW. So, oh, I, I need to give this group access to to this VDI session or something. So we put another leg in. And that's part of those things that when you're migrating from 
traditional VLAN back networking to you know software defined networking, you have DFW. Hey, yeah. do, do you still need to be multi homes or can can we do a DFW role to, to achieve that same function? Sure. So sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, if if you like, I actually remember uh, uh, a customer who wanted to to uh, to be able to optimize, but the the, the second leg, uh, um, they they didn't like. If if we didn't have this feature, they 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 wouldn't have the option to 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 like modernize. Uh, like if if they're doing agent based backups on prem, um, and and they really like uh, what they want to continue that uh, sort of like like line of thinking for their VM. Then, then there's there's no option, right? Other other than to do like what you're saying, like abandon the second make and, and and do that. But now it's it's just, I think it's always good to give them the option uh, to be able to handle that. That scenario hey, comes up. <clears throat> Gabe, Gabe, you said something. Uh, it's been a few months ago about the performance of our network extension appliances in HCX versus L2 bridging in NSXP. What what are your thoughts around that? Is that something you could share on the podcast? Uh, yeah, I mean, so so I mean, there's a, a whole bunch of like aspects of of the performance, right? So I, I think when you're looking at the two solutions side by side, um, the the things that that ACX does well uh, with with network extension is is sort of the the orchestration of of the services and the, the like the the how easy it is to go from like not having anything to to having a service mesh that has uh, the the capability of extending a network, right? So it's so like those. Those those workflows are like really accessible to a user, right? You can you can right, right click a network and and have you know um, uh, you, your broadcast domain in your cloud like real easy. That's 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 like the sort of really the thing that ACX as well is 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 that like like getting making that accessible. Um, now uh, as far as um, the the scale and performance, you know we we there's different aspects of it, right? So so our our systems can have like like over 100 appliances deployed and each appliance can can do like about eight extensions and then each appliance each, each appliance can do uh, four to six gigabits of, of, of traffic um now the the, the thing that the thing, the thing that gets a lot of our customers is is um the the <clears throat> mtu right so 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 you have in, in acx world you have you tend to have on-prem or, or some kind of site where you're migrating from into um MTU configurations and and how they look end to end, like it can vary. And and some some of the like especially if you're if you're managing infrastructure and you're not really plugged into all the details of your network, uh, maybe you're not aware of like you know what what, what your MTU looks like end to end. So so you'll see that you know customers will deploy our service. Um, <clears throat> so the the service will automatically handle like default MTUs and 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 uh, fragment and re and reconstruct as needed, right? But but that's at the expense of performance. So so, uh, I think what gets a lot of our customers is is they'll they'll turn on the service and kind of like introduce uh, the the network extension encapsulation um, overhead, which is like 150 bytes, uh, and and they, they won't use the, the the settings that are there to mitigate that. Uh, so so you'll see the performance like will take a real sharp drop, right? Because you have more packets on the on the wire, and there's more processing involved, and and, uh, and moving more packets. Uh, so so if if your if your settings are configured well, we you know we 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 tend to see uh, like de decent performance on these appliances uh, when you have you know uh, a jumbo MTU end to end, like you see great performance uh, from these appliances, like in, in these numbers that we we talked about. Uh, so for the, the what you see with NSXT is the our our ceiling for performance 
is is what did what you you can get on the on, a, on an NSXT um, node, but then you can tune on top of that, right? So that's like really the, the big difference for for customers is if if they're con- if if they're comfortable um, with without the ACX orchestration and, and kind of like building their own appliance and 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 taking on that ownership of the orchestration of of that service. Uh, there's uh, there's some more tuning uh, available that they can squeeze more performance out of the a similar component. So that's really if 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 you're going for for max like max uh, case performance, then then you'll definitely get more from from uh, like a, a, a custom configured NSXT deployment. Uh, but if you're going for like for the simplicity and and not having to manage like Mac changes and things like that, so ACX is the easier way to do it. Um, I, I think I think in the past the, the biggest limitation we 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 heard of was like uh, the lack of HA and ACX. So so now we have it in both. You know, obviously NSXT is HA and NACX is uh, is HA as well for extensions. So or yeah, does that kind of uh, roughly? Yeah, I believe. Yep. Yep. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. HCX, anything, uh, HCX for VMware Cloud and AWS. So there's always stuff coming new for VMC and AWS. Um, uh, yeah, the, the, the basic stuff we added is, is uh, um, interoperability. Obviously, that's like really always a priority for us is like to make sure that we're compatible with what's coming out on the, uh, on the VMware Cloud side. I think with this release, we, we release compatibility with um, uh, the SDDC version 1.0. How do you have, Francis, help me out here. How do we see it? Is it 1.20 or like, I don't know the... Uh, we call it M20. Oh, is that externally as well? We say M20? Yeah. Okay. So, so with, with M20, um, so we're compatible. Uh, we, also, we also updated some, some of the uh, user experience and the... Uh, oh, actually, so, so let me back up. So in VMC, whenever you, whenever you do ACX in that, in that market, uh, you go click a button to, to, to make it launch. Um, so that process in the past was was actually pretty ambiguous as far as uh, progress. So so in, in this latest release, <clears throat> we we just give you some more granularity so that that way you don't get anxiety like uh, while you're waiting for things to deploy. Yeah. Um, so that's that's there now. So that's that's pretty cool. Is it is yeah, it on, is uh, it a reasonable expectation with some of the new hardware that's available in VMC and AWS to for customers to see different levels of performance across? You know, they, yeah, they, definitely. Like, if you, if you com- compare the, uh, uh, you know, like the different offerings and the ones that are like they have the, the metal nomenclature that are faster, you 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 get higher, significantly higher uh, throughput performance when you're testing. And, and so, yeah, yes, definitely. So, like, okay. it kind of follows as as there's better hardware available, like the services perform better. Um, tell tell me about GovCloud. Yeah, we can talk a little bit about GovCloud. Um, so. In addition to you know 4.5, uh, we have 4.51. Uh, we actually started this with 4.4, the 4.4 release era of HCX, I'll call it. Um, so each time we have a release, a, a minor release, and that's the second octet, um, we're going to have a release for GovCloud. So this started with 4.4. Um, and the release for, for GovCloud was 4.49. Or was it 439? One of those. Um, HCS is now FedRampPy, right? So now all of our Fed customers can start consuming HCX as they're moving into BMC on AWS GovCloud. Um, of course, that yeah, means yeah, we're okay. also looking into seeing how we can support the other hyperscaler GovClouds. But 
for right now, we do have it for VMC and AWS, which is is is, is exciting. I think we did talk briefly about this on 4.5 because I I, mis- I asked the stupid question and I said, wait a minute, you mean that, you know, offline sites can now do HDX and Gabe is just like, no, 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 no. No, <laughs> yes, that's not the case. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's not the case. But uh, 4.5.1. Because so that's the, like the next holy grail ask. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we get a lot of uh, requests around around dark sites for customers. but. Um, you know, for now we do have GovCloud, which still requires internet connectivity. Um, but the four five one release, essentially, whenever we have a GovCloud release, you can expect whatever features came in, like four dot five, for example. So, what's some one of other the... thing? Oh, go ahead, yeah. Oh, I was just going to touch on RAV. Like we we enhanced RAV. You know, Gabe talked a little bit about that. Um, we enhanced it by adding C checkpoint. You know, we've always had we've had this for bulk for some time. But you know, in case a customer is migrating a VM um, and there's a failure, instead of having to start over, you can just start back from the less good known spot um, of replication, which is huge. I, I, we got this question at the TOI, the, the you know internal meeting last week where we were telling the field about this, but uh, we don't include it as a default because we don't really know about storage requirements at the destination. We don't like to make assumptions um, because with the seed checkpoint, you know, it's going to take up extra storage. So that means extra costs and, and things like that, especially if this is like a BMC setup, but um I don't know if you want to add anything, Gabe. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah effectively it's there, right? So, so like, imagine if you, if you know, when you enable the option, we're kind of giving the 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 tacit okay for the system to say, hey, if 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 um if the operation fails, instead of doing the traditional cleanup, uh, the all the disks everywhere to be fresh, let's leave some some information, some data hanging out in the disk, right? So, like, like let's say the customer comes back and says, the for the second time. I'm no longer going to do um, a seed checkpoint migration. I'm going to do a, a vMotion or something else. And like sort of, the, the, so, the, so there, there's at least the, the possibility that e- even though we warn about the data being there, that it gets ignored. Um, and then you have like leftover uh, leftover information stored, like until you clean it up. Um, so I think, I think uh, until we kind of like n- normalize or maybe... Um, <clears throat> make it a kind of a baked in behavior that, you know, that stuff doesn't get left out there. Uh, and then I think as, as we start doing better in that area, then we'll probably normalize making it the, like the default, if that makes sense. So, so there, there's, it's a really good, it's a really good um, resiliency feature for both uh, bulk and wrap, but it, it comes at the sort of, uh, uh, you have to think about the data that, that we're potentially leaving out there if you, if you're doing, depending on what, how you're using it. In the cases of failure, so the, the, for, it's just to clarify for like the, the way you should use it is if you're if you're if you're using the setting, <clears throat> and you have a migration failure, you, your intention ought to be to to do to, to do a second migration that that uses that data so that you can resume and not leave it hanging out. Yeah, I think that is a big one because especially for these like monster VMs that a lot of customers have, where they just have terabytes and just gobs of information on a yeah. single disk. Um, you know, that, that, that's one I've seen, like, you know, customers trying to do replications of a 50 terabyte disk and it's just, you know, it's going to take them putting up on their bandwidth and how much they want to, to 
migrate in one shot could take him a week or more just to do one VM or one disc on one VM. And so, sure. you know, the, the, the likelihood of there being a blip in the middle of that is pretty high, I think, depending upon how far you're going, if, you know, especially if you're going across the country. Um, sure. You know, so this, this is a good one to have for that. Well, I can save money. I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're paying for data, um, egress costs and things. Oh, like that too. Yeah. Some of the power CLI stuff. So we've got, do we have new, um, you know, functionality within PowerCLI where people, where customers can, you know, potentially automate some additional features within this, or what are we looking at for? So for, for PowerCLI, probably the, and the two things, one is, is, um, is we've added custom attributes migration. Uh, so I know we, we have, we have a, a small gap of features that, that are, that are, uh, not included at the moment with PowerCLI, like kind of the big ones that are that are open is it's like um, managing um, uh, network extension ha uh is is not there yet and so we're working on that and then doing doing the um the bulk migration customization is like is one that we're hoping to add in the near future but but we've added custom attribute uh migration and secondly uh the so so i know we've, we've been uh, looking at uh, we've been releasing module updates and on on power cli 12 like various versions of 12 uh, so 13 just released, and that's I think with ACX, um, <clears throat> every every iteration of the of the um, of the Power CLI module includes fixes and and, and new functionality. So so uh, always like the standing recommendation is if you're a Power CLI user and you're using ACX for migrations, like gra- grab whatever the latest is, and in this case, it's it's uh, Power CLI 13. So. Okay. I would really encourage that to be the what you use for ACX. They'll have to see if they can do an, an integration with some of the you know Power CLI and this new AI bot, the Chat GPT thing that everybody's talking about on the interwebs today. Because it seems like anybody in their in their brother who's who's doing things with a programmatic interface, they're all just chatting with this chat bot, AI bot, and and making it do things, and and so like. I, I I jokingly just asked this thing this morning, like, you know, ex- explain to me what HCX does. And it actually kicked back like a really, you know, comprehensive list of these are the things that HCX does to do a migration. That's, that's pretty amazing. And pretty yeah. Scary. And I'm like, yeah, it's just like, like clearly whatever's feeding this algorithm or whatever's feeding this AI, like it's got some good information into it. And I'm seeing, you know, people like William Lamb out there, Twitter tweeting about stuff that he's using it for to build things. So like, you know, and and this is all through a chat interface. You're just you know as it, prompting this thing with an infer- with with some information. There's a an, an an integration piece with this thing where you can make it make an image. So it'll it'll probably make a new HGX Majors logo for us if we really wanted it to. <laughs> so, and if you you'll be able to invite AI to the podcast. Yeah, actually, so that's that's part of the funny part is I actually asked it to write a podcast introduction for us, and this is this is what it came up with. So it's this direct quote from the chatbot, you know, the chat GPT engine. It says, welcome to the VMware HDX Majors podcast. This podcast is dedicated to exploring the latest trends and topics in the world of cloud computing and virtualization. We'll be discussing the latest developments in the industry, as well as the challenges and opportunities that come with them. We'll be talking to experts in the field and get their insights and advice. So if you're looking to stay up to date on the latest in cloud computing and virtualization, this is the podcast for you. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool. 
<laughs> like, is, it's a little wordy. Kind of scary. Is what it is. <laughs> it's, it's a little. It, it needs some fine tuning on the editing. But like this, this was like me asking this this AI bot to write me an introduction to the podcast, and that's what it came up with. That's that's amazing. It's a good first draft. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, wow. Like. You know, like it, it, I, I, I left off VMware once, and it thought that HCX was a financial institution of some sort. So it started t- saying we we're going to talk about all these financial instruments and finance things. And so I'm like, oh, see, it's not quite there. I had to, I had to give it the keyword of VMware, and then it all of a sudden made the Context. connection. Yeah. So it's not. It's it's kind of like I, I and I was arguing with my, some of my teammates about this. It's kind of like Wolfram Alpha on steroids. You know, so it's it's got a little bit of that kind of computational knowledge thing that a Wolfram Alpha does with some other other features and things. So it's interesting. The, the the more we progress with some of this stuff, the more you know. Eventually, none of us will be needed anymore, and we'll just live out our lives having fun. That's the hope, right? No, I appreciate it. Well, thanks again for another good year of shows, and uh, we'll we'll you know I'm looking forward to what what 2023 brings, and on many aspects and many fronts. If you're if you're looking for more HCX information. Yeah, check out the notes in the show and we'll we'll go from there so thank you uh brianna and gabe for joining us and uh we'll see you guys later Thanks for listening to the HDX Majors podcast. Thanks to Gabe and Brianna for joining us today. Uh, if you're listening to the show, please rate us on your podcast app of choice and please share it so others can find us. Thanks again. Thanks for another great year. We'll see you all in 2023. Not a great plan.